This, this is River Radio, Ascot, Ascot. Maidenhead, Bracknell, Wokingham, Henley, Reading. The voice, River Radio, of the Thames Valley. And I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five Hello and welcome. Thank you for listening in to Let's Talk Business on River Radio with me, Fiona Johnson. Today, I'd like to welcome brand and print design specialist, Alison Joshi, who is the founder and award-winning creative director of JWJ Designs. Hello, Alison. Hello. Thank you for coming in today. How's your week going so far? It's a busy one. Um, it's busy out there at the moment. So yeah, <laughs> it's quite, it's, I, I thought it was just me, but I feel like sort of, it's like, I was going to say ground rush, but it's almost like we've forgotten we've forgotten what it's like to be busy again and just kind of and everything's just going boom 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 at the moment isn't yeah it? yeah definitely I feel like yeah kind of I think we all got kind of into the slower pace of life and now it's a bit of a shock when you have yeah. to like balance okay. everything got a taste for it and it's like uh-uh can't do that anymore no, it's a good thing though it's a good thing I'm absolutely thrilled though because we've been trying to get Alison as a guest on the show now for such a long time so I'm thrilled <laughs> that we can finally make it work On today's show, we will be discussing, and you can find out, what every small business should be doing right now to see you through the summer. We'll also be talking about the importance of highlighting your point of difference as a business. And we'll be debating whether loyalty in business is still important. Hmm. And plus, we'll be lamenting the state of the British high street and what that means to business owners. And that's not just for product-based businesses, but service-based businesses too. Plus, we've also got our quick fry around when we get to know what's behind the real Alison. And of course, we'll be listening to two of Alison's favourite tracks. Um, And let's just say it's going to be an upbeat show today. It's going to be good fun. I can feel it. And don't forget, you can email in with any questions you'd like to put to Alison on fiona at river.radio. And you can listen to the show again as a podcast through the usual channels. So don't forget to spread the word to fellow business owners who you think will enjoy listening and learning a thing or two from a creative brand specialist or any of our other previous guests on Let's Talk Business. So, Alison, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about JWJ Designs? Of course. So, uh, yeah, so I've been running my own business for 11 years now. Um, Originally, I set up my business. It was actually called Joshy Was Jane's, which is where the JWJ comes from. Um, So I set up my business just after I got married um, and I wanted to kind of get my maiden name in there somehow. Um, So my maiden name uh, was Jane's, which is where Joshy Was Jane's came from um I like that. It, well, it keeps it easy with the sort of signatures you yeah. can just do a bit of a scroll can't you? as long as it starts with a j that's yes, fine. <laughs> exactly um and yeah so i basically set up my business um with the idea of having kind of that flexible lifestyle so um i kind of wanted to work around kids and you know i hadn't had kids at that time but was obviously planning to 
Um, and so, yeah, kind of set up working uh, for myself in kind of print and brand design, um, working with small businesses. So I really wanted to kind of help small businesses, help solve their problems um, um, and with that kind of with brand consistency and, yes. you know, making sure that, you know, what they're communicating, whether that's online, um, is communicating effectively um, in all kind of touch points that they're having with their, you know, customer and client base. So, you know, with how that translates into social or, you know, print design, um, leaflets, marketing, that sort of thing. Yes, because I think actually quite often people think branding, oh, that's a logo. But actually, not only is it so much more on the sort of thought process behind it, but at the touch points, as you say, whether it's marketing materials or something for your social media or even maybe it just a post that needs the sort of the brand identity to keep it yeah. consistent yeah definitely um, um and actually um you know even sort of signage and things like that you know if you if you're you know whether you're a location business you know mm. and you've got a lot of signage around the place then you know that also needs to communicate kind of the same brand look and feel of your business yes. as everything I th- else i think that's the other thing isn't it so we're sort of so set on digital at the moment you forget that some of the traditional marketing materials whether it's a brochure or as you say signage um, and I don't quite know how you managed to get those printed I never understand that but there is you know it's it's vast and it's it's all part of that identity isn't it because people need to have the same thoughts and feelings when they see that brand whether it's as you say on a sign or whether it's following someone on social media yeah yeah definitely and do you work with a particular type of client? So uh, obviously over the years, the kind of, you know, the business has evolved um, and I very much now specialise in the sort of leisure and education sectors. So uh, at JWA Design, we work with um, leisure attractions. So, you know, pieces that, you know, might have like zoos, um, farmyard animals, that type of thing, oh, as well it. as, yeah. you know, soft play centres, climbing walls, that type of thing. Um, and then we also work with independent schools. So um, you find that they do kind of a lot of traditional marketing what I call so you know we have prospectus designs that we do um, open day banners um, you know anything to sort of um, communicate what's happening with the school and for them to sort of I suppose communicate their point of difference as well you know yes in the area I suppose um, I suppose schools can be more traditional but it's also the audience that they're going to and I think I think if people are looking at an independent school perhaps they would expect a prospectus so it's you know that's why they're, they're yeah Hence, hence the point. Um, and how, how sort of talk me through roughly how you work with your clients. I mean, do you find most, I mean, that's probably a bit of a general question, but are people, when they come to you, are they quite clear on what they're looking for? Or do sometimes people come with no ideas at all? And, and actually, maybe it's harder when they've got a bit of an idea because you're thinking, oh, how am I going to tell them that doesn't really represent where they are today or something like that? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it totally depends. So some people come to me and they've got, you know, an established brand and they've got an established logo and, and all they're looking for is is to kind of make sure that's communicated consistently across like a prospectus or some signage or whatever that might be. Mm. But actually often that might be the case. But then once we start delving into kind of everything and looking at, you know, what fonts they might be using, making sure they've got colour palette set in place, then actually they haven't got all the tools and assets that they need. So, you know, we then actually start kind of delving into well, what, you know, we talk about kind of colour palettes and we people often have that from based on their logo Mm. but I often say you should have like supporting colors as well so it gives you a bit more variety so you're not just kind of using the same one or two colors on everything you know you've got what I would call a secondary color palette so and and that can be complementary colors Um, and often businesses don't always have all of those assets and those things in place so someone who could come with fixed ideas we tend to find that there's always something else that you know needs doing or kind of building up from the ground upwards. 
And then I suppose you've got, you know, once you've done all that and you've got your brand guidelines, then that is your, your Bible. Yes. To then go off and do whether it's, yes, as you say, whether it's a particular campaign, but you've based it on those guidelines or whether it's something quite traditional like a prospectus. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and, and guidelines should be, you know, there's sort of, there should be a flexibility with them. It, you know, it's kind of not, it's a rule book, but it's not kind of, you know, something that you should feel that you're constrained by. And I think that's often businesses sort of worry that if they have this kind of guidelines, they're not allowed to do anything else. But, you it's know, a bit too rigid, but you, yes. need, you need to have it rigid, but yeah. it's like a flexible rigid. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> so there needs to sort of be options within your guidelines. And often, you know, even with branding and logos, I will say to people, make sure you've got you know variety of sort of formats and shapes and sizes of the same logo so you have something that works I would say in a portrait format you know which is up and down or something that works in a square format especially for social and online but then you know when you're maybe doing a newsletter that doesn't always translate very well because it needs to be perhaps landscape and long and thin so having all of those different options created for you gives you that flexibility but then it's still within your brand and it's still fixed and it all kind of still fits together. Yes and I was just thinking actually along the lines of schools but also leisure um, the active the leisure businesses you work for presumably the logo has to translate onto t-shirts and things like that as well yeah, so again, yeah. again that's another another format all these things you have to think of yeah. and I know quite often some businesses have their own fonts don't they yes and and they've become known as the IBM font or whatever yeah. it is. have you ever had to design a font I haven't no and it's a very skilled um right. yeah I think definitely that would be where you kind of get a specialist um typographer in um to do that but I mean with logos we tend to adapt the font slightly mm. so you kind of tend to play around with like the letter shape or alter some of the you know elements of the the letter but um but yeah no I haven't uh, actually designed a font yet yes I suppose that it, it would make sense that it's really tricky because I do find myself looking at them going what's the difference yeah I can't tell <laughs> and you have to think so of many. all of the um different um extras that you need no not just you know question marks and exclamation marks you've got to think of all the kind of other like kind of keyboard symbols that you use you have to design that as well yes exactly you can't just do it sort of a and b yeah yeah absolutely that's brilliant um and then what I often wonder is um so obviously we'll we'll talk about your your business journey in a bit but we've also touched on the fact that um you you knew that you wanted to be more flexible and um, set up your own business but was there something that particularly motivated you maybe there was someone that inspired you that you just thought yes I I'd like to to be like that have a business uh, like I suppose that. yeah so um my first ever job out of university was a really small agency um there was only five of us in the entire agency in central London um and I, that was kind of where I really cut my teeth kind of learning everything so mm. you come out of university and you know you've, I did a graphic design degree and so you think you know it all and then obviously you start working and realizing <laughs> you don't know much at all um and so I got to in that job kind of do everything from designing to, you know, client liaison, mm. um, going to a printer's, um, you know, this is a while ago. So, the, you know, the, the print process oh, was, you the, know, very... The big board yeah. that you used to have to take along sort yeah. of manually, yes. And so, you know, it had proofs and then we, you know, all sorts of things. I got to art direct fashion shoots. I mean, I really cut my teeth on every mm. element yeah. of, you know, a creative process. And I suppose as the years went on, I kind of really realized that that was kind of what I wanted to almost go back to a little bit with my own business so mm. yeah that's kind of I suppose yeah the kind of inspiration oh, yes okay and and have you got there <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm getting there I'm yeah sure you are. I'm sure you are um, um what I'd really like to know is what's the best part of your job uh I think the best part is when I meet 
like a new business, new client, and I can really get to know them. Like I really get into the detail of what it is that they need help with, Mm. you know, and it is a problem solving kind of process working with a designer. Um, And, you know, we have to be quite um, empathetic as well. And we have to sort of really read around the edges of what people are saying. So, and and that process I really enjoy because you kind of get to really the integral detail of the business and the person and everything that they want to achieve with that business. So yeah, I really enjoy that bit. Because all of that is represented in the brand, isn't yeah. it? And I know this comes back to, it's not just a logo. Yeah. All those elements have to come across in, in the whole design process, which is back to the brand guidelines. Yeah. Have you had a really unusual design brief or maybe you know one that you can share with us? Um, I'm trying to think. I, I, for a while when I was, um, I freelanced for a bit, I did work for a pharmaceutical company that that was very interesting because obviously that was you're working on sort of medical topics um so you do I can't really remember a lot of them off my head but you do become quite accustomed and knowledgeable in like these areas of like you know health (laughs) that that you never thought (laughs) you'd see coming yeah because you obviously read the copy I mean I I read what I'm obviously typesetting and so you can't help but learn about all these conditions and medical things (laughs) yeah at the weekend you're like did you know and everyone's like where did you get that from (laughs) that's brilliant you weren't sort of designing the shape of of pills or anything like that no no it was more it was more um sort of publications for kind of pharmaceutical big pharmaceutical Mm. companies and they were talking about particular drugs for particular illnesses so yeah (laughs) learn to like put put that on your cv as well (laughs) yes part-time medic (laughs) um and do you have an element of your job and I suppose I mean that as in your role as a business owner which is perhaps the bit you don't look forward to quite so much um I think it's uh, I think I suppose it's always evolving and that's it when you run your own business Mm. so you're constantly having to learn and grow and adjust and and you know especially in the last couple of years you know it's it's been fast forwarded so much you know from from two years ago three years ago pre-covid you know the world is a very different place. And I think, you know, running a business, you've got to make sure that you keep on top of kind of the latest trends and things like that and how, how people are maybe communicating and marketing themselves. And, you know, and I think that is definitely, you know, sort of the more challenging areas because I can do the design. I love that. You know, I know inside out it's the, you know, the business element of things, which I feel that, you know, I have to make sure I keep on top of. Yes. And I think there's also that almost pressure that we put on ourselves thinking I've got to be ahead of everything. I've got to know what the next, I was going to say trend, that's probably not the right word, but the next thing and I need to, you know, if someone comes to me asking me about such and such, I need to make sure I know the answer because it's this new word. Yeah. And it's it's all pressure that we put on ourselves. And yes, we do need to, but we don't need to be, per, you know, we don't have to, to we're not the professor of it, really, yes. are we? Yeah, exactly. I, I, and I very much am very open and honest with, you know, all my clients when they come to me asking me for, you know, even website advice. I'm very much, you know, look, that that is not my expertise. But, you know, I team up with people um, if that, you know, is required in the job and, and they are the expert in that. So then, yes. then, you know, you become more of a kind of a joint um, agency as such. So I suppose the, the sort of advice there is to build a good team around you. Yes. And whether it is yeah, websites, as you say, or whether it's um, prints, yeah, I, I social mean, yeah, and anything, exactly. learning. all those things. And yeah. especially, you know, get a good accountant. Yes. Again, we don't oh, try yes. and do that ourselves. No. So yes, it is surround yourself that, I definitely was the, fir- the first person that I outsourced <laughs> to was the accountant. <laughs> That's so often the way, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Numbers, right. Okay. I did. I think I did one tax return and vowed that I would never do <laughs> one ever again. <laughs> At least you tried it. That's very good. Um, and... 
I'll tell you one, one thing we haven't actually asked you is whereabouts are you based? Ah, so I'm based in Burnham. Um, so yeah, we, we used to obviously live in London, um, which is where I first set up the business. Um, and then we relocated about eight years ago um, to Burnham. So we wanted something a bit you know, greener, leafier suburbs. Brilliant. And um, that's not too far from the studios here either. Is yes. It? So you're yeah. a nice local girl, which yeah. is always what we like. Um, and we were talking about, we touched on this earlier, because obviously we've, huh, you wouldn't believe it today though, but we have got the summer coming into focus <laughs> and it is fast approaching. Um, and what, sh- what do you recommend that businesses should be doing now to think about their sort of summer plans? Or is, you know, is it, have we left it too late? I think probably, yeah. I mean, obviously everything's about Jubilee at the moment. Mm. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, hitting everywhere at the moment, you know, all the advertising and marketing is all about Jubilee. Um, you know, so I think, you know, it's not too late to think about the summer, especially if you think summer holidays are still, you know, sort of six, seven weeks away. Yes, that's, um, a, that's a good chunk of time. Yeah, yeah. So you've got time to definitely think about, you know, if you, if your target audience are families and children, then you've got time to kind of decide on what it is and what promotion or what it, what you've got to entice someone to buy tickets or come to visit you or you know buy your products whatever it might be and that ties in particularly because with your clients in the leisure industry yeah and I suppose they're all sorting it I mean it must be you've probably organized and you've done it all already but you're right you need to think so far ahead all the time yes and then with the jubilee that's a bit of a sort of a not a block but it's another mm. hurdle to overcome before you can think about the next yeah. one yeah so presumably there's lots of activities and things going on yes yeah and and even father's day obviously is coming up in a few weeks and so you've got a lot of you know things about that that might be coming up yeah. um so yeah the summer is busy just because just generally you know there's bank holidays you know the weather people yeah. people are much more social in the summer you know Definitely. in general so yeah. um, they're much more willing to sort of go out and travel and do things yes we've all come out of hibernation <laughs> <Yes>. now <laughs> um, but I suppose that means you know when you're thinking about your business it's like can you tie a promotion to any particular event or day or activity mm. that's going on um, and th- forward plan and it might not even be a a big promotion but it's something along it might be something around social media so you might run a competition around father's day or as you say a bank holiday yeah um and it also gives you good content for your social media so that's where we need to start looking ahead isn't it and planning now yeah exactly yeah don't leave it to the last minute (laughs) (laughs) um brilliant thank you very much Alison. um let's talk about your first track would you like to introduce it to everyone and tell us why you chose this song i love this (laughs) Uh, so this uh, song is uh, Jackie Wilson's Love Lift Me Up Higher. Um, and this was actually my first dance at um, my wedding. So obviously I set up my business um, not long after I got married. Um, and so I thought it was quite appropriate to kind of choose this song. Um, it's a great track. It's very upbeat, gets you dancing. Um, and my husband obviously has been a big supporter of everything that I've done and kind of helped and probably was the initial person that helped nudge me to make the leap to set up my own oh. business in the first place so yeah that's lovely oh well, thank you for sharing I've got all emotional now um, but when we come back we'll be playing our quick fire round with Alison and I know whenever I mention to any of our guests that we're going to be playing this quick fire round um, they always seem to sort of slightly squirm <laughs> in their seat but trust me on this one Alison there, there are going to be no right or wrong answers um, so we're going to do that okay. next but first of all we're going to listen to uh, Jackie Wilson which is I love this your love keeps lifting me in brackets Higher and higher.
And welcome back. You are listening to Fiona Johnson on River Radio's Let's Talk Business show. Thank you for listening in today. Um, we are joined by brand and print design specialist Alison Joshi of JWJ Design. And we were just listening to Jackie Wilson. Your love keeps lifting me higher and higher. And as we were listening to it, I was thinking, oh, I've got to ask you, did you have a special dance? Because you, she, apparently she, she, it was the first song they had at their wedding. But I need to know, was it a sort of orchestrated dance? or It wasn't. But um, my husband and I, um, because we had been dating for a while, I think before we'd got married, we um, we could kind of dance well together. And he's he's got some moves on him. So we kind That's of just kind of made it up. Um, but um, yeah, I think a lot of people thought we might have, might have done something. Um, but no, we didn't. We I just think, made it up on the time. I think the fun, I haven't been to a wedding for ages, so I don't know where I'm yeah. getting this information from. But I think the first dance now is a really big deal. And people sort of have lessons and, yeah. and get people in and practice and practice. I know. It's like, oh, my goodness. I'm so glad I got married yeah. years ago. Um, thank you very much for sharing that with us. Um, now, don't forget, you can listen to the show again as a podcast um, on Catch Up via the website, which is river.radio, or as a podcast via the usual channels, Alexa, Apple, Google and Spotify. And of course, if you want to get in touch about any of the discussions we're having today, um, drop me an email, fiona at river.radio. Or you can get in touch through our social channels, which is River Radio Live. Right, now we are going to come on to our little fun quick fire round. Um, I think this is a great way of getting to know people and it's obviously really sort of really highbrow <laughs> questions. So, right, are you sitting comfortably, Alison? Yeah, Let's okay. begin. Um, do you prefer Marmite or peanut butter? Mm, I think it's peanut butter now. Used to be Marmite, oh, but I definitely really? am a peanut Should butter person, yeah. Sit with a jar and a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> peanut butter and apple. That's, oh, that's good. a good call. Yeah. It's very healthy as well. Yeah. Good snack. Um, beer or wine? Wine. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, no. <laughs> no hesitation. Yeah. Um, tea or coffee? Tea. 
Do you, is it a bit Earl Grey or you? Uh, I, I don't mind. I do like an Earl Grey, but I have to have a cup of tea first thing in the morning. Oh, okay, yeah. get you going. Yeah. Absolutely. Rugby or football? Football. Oh, okay. Well, that was, do you support a team? Uh, I don't, but my husband and obviously kids do. So yep. it's all about Liverpool at the moment. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. And of course, if they're listening, can you imagine the grief you'll get when you go home <laughs> yes. and just go, nah, rugby. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Have you got a dog? No, oh. but I'm allergic to cats. So, Ooh, yeah. it has to be dogs, yeah. doesn't it? Um, are you a night owl or an early bird? Early bird. So yeah. you get up. Yeah. Do you get everything done? Sort of, well, not uh, everything maybe, but well, try. Yeah, and get not it with done. kids, but yeah, I try, I try and exercise in the mornings and yeah, I just like to get up and get going. Do you try and do that before the kids are up? No, no. 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 <laughs> Goodness, I was panicking then. Um, do you prefer a relaxing break or an adventure holiday? Oh, see, I probably would, used to be adventure, but now, you know, I think I'm probably relaxing break. No, it's <laughs> yeah. not change. It's like sort of um, when people, people, when I used to go on holiday um, as a, as a, sort of when I was younger um, and you'd think oh I just want to party 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 yeah. and then you get to a stage you think oh no way I just want to completely go and flop yes. you can't believe that you used to actually choose to go away and stay up all the time yes exactly um, and outside of work do you have any hobbies or interests that you'd like to uh, share with us so I I am a, a dancer uh, oh, yeah okay. so I used to dance when I was a kid and I did a lot of like ballroom and latin dancing, Proper dancing. um but yeah so um but now I um I do kind of more kind of relaxed sort of street dancing I found a class um that's uh yeah wow. kind of nearby and so I do that once a week just to kind of help de-stress and a bit of exercise it's I quite fun bet it de-stresses <laughs> street dancing yeah it's, that, it takes a lot of concentration is, is that Oh, I'm sound, sounding really ignorant. That's not those sort of oh, no. twirly things. On no, the floor. no, no. I don't. Yeah, I can't. No. My knees can't handle that. No, no. It's 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 it, it's aimed for over thirties, which is quite good. So over thirties, over forties. Yeah. So uh, everything is kind of knee friendly. Oh, that, I love that, and that's just, it's move, movement and good music, yeah, pumping yeah. music. Yeah, lovely. Oh, that sounds ideal. And when you did your ballroom dancing. Did you do any competitions? I'm thinking of Strictly now. Oh, I know. It wasn't as as highbrow as Strictly, but I did do, we did like kind of inter-school competitions and things like that. So, yeah. Oh, I always think that we should have we, there should be a sort of Strictly competition for us mere sort of average people. I'm I'm such a critic as well when watching Strictly. (laughs) But it's one of those programmes you have to talk when you, you know, you can't sit inside. You've got to, oh, I love that dress yeah too much fake tan on that yeah, one or yeah. something well, just... i get a bit technical and then my family are like oh goodness i'm like oh. Oh, no, they haven't got the beat right and i haven't got the timing right oh. on that one <laughs> watch out alice and josh he's going to be a judge on strictly soon <laughs> um brilliant and finally can you describe yourself in three words oh goodness uh so it's one of them has to be smiley i was always being like you're a smiley person um optimistic and fun i guess so yeah, that's a bit yeah that's, those are good three words and i just remember those that's yeah. brilliant thank you very much for taking part in our ah. quick fire quiz um now we also always ask our guests to recommend a book or a podcast maybe it's something that's helped them through lockdown or it's something related to their business and specialism so that they can increase their learnings sometimes it's just a book or a podcast that resonates on a personal level so I was just wondering Alison do you have anything a book or a podcast that you'd like to share with us today um so I've recently got into listening um to business books on audible because I found um it was easy to kind of mix in when driving or you know running errands and things like that so um yeah so recently I've just finished a book called Atomic Habits um which is 
about sort of building good habits in your life and mm. trying to break the bad ones. So it's a, an American author um, and he has had quite a like a horrific accident when he was younger um, and he had to sort of build up his fitness back up and things like that. And so he kind of now does a lot of like obviously talks and motivational and coaching around sort of helping people build better habits. So whether that's on a personal level, you mm. know, whether it's like I want to exercise more or even simple things like I must remember to floss my teeth every day. Like how how do you, you yes. know, make that habit in your life? How do you, you know, because we naturally brush our teeth, but how do we, you know, all of us well, struggle to build that habit of flossing every day. Yes, and, that's so you know, true. And actually even brushing the teeth is a habit because yeah. we're taught that from such a young age. Yes. So there's another obstacle, isn't it? Picking up a habit mm. in middle middle life yes mid, um and then even the word habit i always think has a negative connotation yes. around it but actually obviously we're talking about good habits yeah but yes when when does it become second nature i suppose as in a habit yeah and when is it just something you've got oh golly yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so he does a lot of strategies around sort of how you can try and build these habits in and kind of get them to become almost yeah so you don't you know subconsciously like you don't even think about doing it anymore so yeah. and from a business level that for me you know I I'm very much you know things that I want to do like for example listen to business books you know I've now built the habit that when I'm driving and you know driving here today I was like right let's you know listen to something that you know might help develop and educate me um yes. you know rather than just maybe um you know sort of some music or something yeah. so and I suppose that's great isn't it because I'm asking about books or podcasts but actually that's the brilliant sort of middle ground, isn't it? Mm. Because it's a book that you listen to. Yeah. And is it actually read by the author? Yes. So I yeah. think that makes it doubly interesting, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Because I think you then you get kind of his, you know, tone on how he kind of describes things as mm. well that happen in the book. So Yeah, and so I love that habit. And I was going to say, actually, I, I love the idea, and I obviously I need to read this book, um, of a good habit of, say, listening to podcasts or audiobooks in the car. Yeah. But the trouble is, I'm my habit is to get in the car and start driving. Yes. <laughs> and then <laughs> I suddenly think, oh, actually... <laughs> I forgot to allow the extra five minutes to sit around and fiddle and, yeah. and upload or download or whatever it might be, um, all the things that I want to listen to. So there, there's actually some mm. note to self. There's a habit I need yeah. to start forming. Um, so that's Atomic Habits. Yes. Is that right? Um, by James Clear. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and where can you get this book? I think uh, I imagine. I think it's probably available in bookshops as well. I think I've mm. seen it quite a lot. Uh, people talk about it quite a lot, you know, as a, as a good business book. So, yeah, I think it's quite readily available. But I know he's got a website as well where he has a lot of the content around sort of how you build these habits and worksheets and things as well brilliant so, yeah thank you for sharing that that's a good one I think that's another Welcome. well we've got a good pile growing here <laughs> of let's talk business um so thank you for sharing that um and now we're going to talk about sort of your business journey and what what brought you into you said you studied graphic design was that a passion obviously apart from dancing <laughs> you've obviously you're a very creative person I can tell but was that something you've always wanted to do did you always think this is branding was going to be your line of business um I well I suppose um it was about age 14 when I was at school and I knew I wanted I loved being creative and I did like um I think it was called like communication design and communication or something it was like a GCSE subject um and I really enjoyed it and I obviously when you're that age it's like everyone asks you what are you going to do you know what do you want where do you want to go what do you want to focus on you know in the age of 14 it's a bit like oh I have no idea yes. you know I've, I don't know what I want to do and and you have to make such sort of integral decisions at such a young age you know it's going to obviously have you know effect on the rest of your life you know in that's what you think anyway mm. at the time um so I was you know a bit unsure and then yeah my teacher was sort of like oh there's this 
there's this career called graphic design, you know, and, and I hadn't really heard of it. And I was like, oh my goodness, that sounds really interesting. So, you know, kind of then was my eyes were open to this sort of where well, you can be creative and there's a career path and, you know, there's a bit more structure to it. So I, cause I knew I didn't want to do necessarily just fine art. Mm. I, I, I needed the structure. I'm a bit more organized. I, I like that sort of process driven kind of design. Yeah. Um, and yeah, graphic design obviously seemed to tick all the boxes. So then that, that was kind of the opening, I suppose. And, the sort of aha moment of oh wow this is this is could be the path for me sort of thing it's wonderful <laughs> you know there's, I mean I don't know how many teachers I mean well teachers obviously have a huge impact on people's careers but yeah. just be able to pinpoint it like that yes um, and thank you to them yes. for opening your eyes yeah. to it but also I was just thinking as you as you were explaining that graphic design has come such a long way because graphic design back in the day would have meant you know paperwork yeah. and and just we said earlier taking and sort of matching colors and things and very yeah. yes i don't know literally pairs of scissors and yeah it was cut know. and paste which so, is where the name like cut and paste came yeah, from you which know it was, it was like oh it sounds ideal yeah crayons. <laughs> um, and of course now it's all digital so yeah that's another skill but it means that it's one of those professions that has stood the test of time yeah I mean it's very much evolved when I went to university I mean obviously this is a while ago but you know we didn't touch computers until our third year which obviously I don't think you hear about anymore but it was all about learning about the pure elements of design Mm. and balance um, and and learning about typography as well you know and one of my tutors you know he was a stickler for you know he would literally get he'd take his glasses off and look up close to make sure that the letter spacing was perfect or you know he'd turn it upside down because then he found it easier to look at you know letter spacing that way and you know so that's kind of where I really learned I suppose that the craft of design Um, and then you know you learn the sort of technical expertise and and learning how to use you know programs like InDesign and Photoshop and Illustrator Um, you learn that sort of on the job really yes but actually, you know, you can't fault that basic, that's good, solid grounding. And I know yeah. where all of us kind of, I just want to get on. I just want to be able to sort of design a logo or something. But actually, you've now, you've done that. And yeah. that will, you know, that is your, your groundwork, isn't it? So yeah. I bet you still look at letter spacing. Oh, think. yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never forget Especially in the tutor. car when you're in like the back of, you know, and you've got a van in front of you. <laughs> some, like, some phone number or something on there. And you're like, have you ever wound down the window. So, now, excuse me. <laughs> no, but I have taken pictures. <laughs> or I've counted how many fonts are in like a, I don't know, a shop window or something. You know, how many just... different types of fonts someone's using. <laughs> I love that. So it's just like, you can't escape. Um, that's wonderful. So you did the, the graphic design um, at university. Mm. And then where did you go into, what was your sort of starting point you said a small agency yeah so um I was lucky I mean you know that I managed to land a job fairly quickly out of university so a, a, a kind of all-round design agency so we worked on you know it was all print design um and we worked on fashion clients and things like that so um and it was sort of like the fashion houses mm. um my my boss at the time she'd um you know she'd run an agency an ad agency you know for years so she was kind of one of the first female run yeah. ad agencies back in you know the 60s and things so um so she had quite a heritage about her you know and she had quite a good contact so yeah um yeah so that's kind of where I suppose I started and and you know often it is just like landing your first job and getting getting going really um and then yeah sort of moved along and up really I suppose as the kind of as you do you progress in the career and you kind of after a couple of years you think oh I need to move on move on to another agency something else or try a different field yeah but actually it's good as well because you know, you might have gone into that very first job and suddenly thought, 
actually it's not the career for me yeah. so you know lucky that you've got that fantastic you know great education great grounding in your first job doing everything yeah um and then obviously you decided to set up on your own and was that well of course it's scary but yeah. did you manage to I mean you know, where do you get your first client from all those sort of things yeah are going I, I suppose as a designer I kind of fell back on the whole um contracting so you know I was work- I was living in London at the time and you know people used a lot of contractors you know for short-term jobs you mm. know two weeks one week whatever so um I literally handed my notice in and then uh, you know it's all about who you know really so a friend of mine who was freelancing at the time space had come up with the agency that she was freelancing at and they were looking for another pair of hands for a couple of weeks so literally handed my notice in and then like the following week I had a contract job Um, this is easy yeah (laughs) and so I kind of did that but obviously in my head I was always like I want to get my own clients I don't want to work for other agencies I want to get my own clients and I think because I'd always talked about it so I think one of my first clients was probably my next door neighbor um, because he was a jewelry designer and he wanted a website and a logo created and some promotional marketing material designed and yeah so I think he was probably one of my first clients and then again it's all word of mouth isn't it and you start getting a great reputation yeah oh I love that Um, and was there anything that when you look back now perhaps it's a bit of a mean question but there's anything that you wish you'd known when you first started uh what as in running my business yes yeah so I suppose um I I think it's kind of maybe putting yourself out there a bit more um and maybe kind of taking some more leaps and kind of and not kind of being too scared so you're not going to just your neighbor but the next house as well yeah (laughs) I think you know I I think with I don't know my personality I'm not great at sort of selling myself and and putting myself out there and saying you know look at me this is what I do um but, you know, as obviously you get more confident as you the years yes. go past and you get older as well and you kind of perhaps care less what people think maybe and you go, this is no this is the right decision. Or just a thicker skin or something. Yeah, yes. but so I think, you know, perhaps perhaps it's that element of, yeah, maybe I didn't, you know, I wish I'd maybe kind of been a bit more deaf and, you know. Yeah, and, it's a difficult one, isn't yeah. it? Because, of course, that's quite, you know, I think quite often you think, oh, I wish I'd approached this differently with mm. more confidence or something. But actually then you also could argue, but then would I have been me? Yes, exactly. So yeah. That's, yeah, that's a debate, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, wonderful. And actually, we've just had a question that's been emailed in from um, Tom in Woodley. Mm. And he says, I run a marketing company and I'd like to know if there are any design trends that I should be looking out for this year. Oh, so yeah, design trends are, is, a, is one of those things that often, I often get asked, you know, should I be following design trends or mm. what are the trends? trends and um there's there's a you know there's a kind of real mix at the moment i think you know a lot of design trends um come from fashion you know so whatever's okay. happening fashion you find that kind of translates a little bit later into graphic design so the whole 80s and 90s mm. vibe you know is very much you, you're starting to see that a lot of bold typography a lot of contrast yeah um things like uh so i don't know the program like killing eve for example yes. and okay. um, they use you know their titles they have like a big bold you know where they say location oh, yes. on like, the television well yeah. um there was another television series i can't remember on netflix that did something similar and so that's very you know you see a lot of that and that typeface and being quite condensed and long and thin and and bold and of course you're looking for it yeah that's the thing yeah. they're just saying oh, so you yes, see a lot of that and yeah um but then there's also um you know especially with the world being so frantic and frenetic actually simplicity you know so i think you know people are starting to want things that are maybe a bit more pared back um that, you know, there's an the element of not always wanting things that look too technological, slick. Yeah. They want sort of hands-on realness. So, yeah, yes. it, it depends on kind of, I suppose, the client and 
and I was going what to you're say, communicating. Because actually, that's the thing, isn't it? So on the one hand, you've got the bold sort of mm. in-your-face um, day glow kind of 80s, yeah. 90s, and then you've also got the paired back sort of much more authentic. Yes. Um, and then actually at the end of the day, you've got to, it comes back to brand, doesn't it? Which yeah. one's going to be right? So you can have a nod towards a trend, yes. but don't go wholeheartedly yes. jump just because it is a trend. Yeah. It's got to have longevity, hasn't it? Whatever yeah. you do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, Tom, I hope that answers yeah. your question, <laughs> but I know um, obviously you can get in touch with, with Alison if there's anything else you'd like to ask after the show. Um, and then before we move on to Alison's second choice of track, um, which I know is going to put a sort of a spring in your step, um, I'd just like to remind you that when we come back, we'll be discussing the challenges that we face as business owners at the moment. And we'll be discussing the importance of highlighting your point of difference as a small business in a competitive competitive market marketplace so Alison would you like to introduce your second track yeah so uh, this track um, is for my kids um, so we love a kitchen disco and as you've heard I'm a bit of a dancer but my daughter is uh, taken after me as well and she loves doing a bit of street dance as well so this is uh, one for them which is uh, it's Dua and physical um, and I was going to say we'll probably be dancing in the yeah. studio because I mean <laughs> you can't beat dancing in the kitchen but we yeah. might have to try dancing <laughs> in the studio brilliant to go to sleep when I got you next to me.
Hello and welcome back. You are listening to me, Fiona Johnson, on River Radio's Let's Talk Business show. And we are joined today by Alison Joshi, Creative Director, award-winning, I should say, um, of JWJ Design. And don't forget, if you've missed part of today's show, you can listen to the show again via the website, which is river.radio, or as a podcast via the usual channels, Alexa, Apple, Google and Spotify. And now we're going to come on to the section where we're discussing the challenges that we've all got on the horizons for as as business owners. And there's, boy, there's quite a lot of them. Um, but one of them, I think, which is particularly relevant to having amazing graphic designer, um, print and branding design and everything sitting opposite, is to talk about um, what we can be doing as businesses to make us stand out when you know, there's plenty of other people doing the same thing. And, and what can, you know, how do we highlight our point of difference? How do we even find our point of difference? I haven't got the magic answer, no. <laughs> but I, I obviously can uh, give some pointers. But yeah, it, it is a tough one. Um, you know, even myself, you know, um, there's a lot of graphic design agencies out there, you know, and, and it's, you know, how do you stand out? Um, and I think because everything, especially in the last couple of years, went crazy on social media, mm-hmm. you know, um, I do a lot of marketing on LinkedIn. Um, and that, you know, really did seem to sort of explode, um, you know, when we were all in lockdown. Um, you, had because, a, you had an audience which yeah. just there, desperate for yeah. to consume, weren't they? Because there's nothing else going on. Exactly. And I think that was kind of where I saw a lot of businesses, you know, either doing it really well, or kind of really not doing it great and kind of struggling and I think I suppose the, f- the first thing I would advise anyone is making sure they've got the brand you've got your brand right yes. and by that I mean you know you're not you obviously we said it's not just a logo but you've got you know your fonts and your colors but they actually say the right thing about your business mm-hmm. so you want to make sure that you know if you're if you're using red or blue whatever colors you might have in your logo that tonally they're the right sort of colors you know so anything to I would say lipstick red, you know, pillar box red Mm. sort of communicates certain things about, you know, people have very um, subconscious feelings about colour and they will automatically make judgments on things, you know, so... Well, red, danger. Yes. Um, you know, passion yes. Yes. and yes. things like that. Yeah. Um, and real extreme. And, you know, and it's also about kind of what colours you pair together, you know. So if you have, for example, a bright red and a bright orange and a bright yellow, you know, you start kind of looking a little bit kind of going into McDonald's, Burger King, so kind of Lego. fast food yes. and Lego. And then <laughs> yeah. it becomes more childlike. Now, yeah. if your business is quite serious and you're, you know, talking about something that maybe, you know, aimed at corporates or things like that, then obviously those colour combinations are going to be communicating the wrong message, mm. which then obviously means that whenever you put anything out there people are getting sort of confused well who are you and 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 therefore not necessarily trusting you because they go well obviously you haven't got your own image right you know am I going to trust you then with whatever service or product that you might and maybe out there I was just thinking maybe it's not even as as obvious the thought process of not trusting but there's just something that doesn't sit comfortably because they are yeah lawyers or something looking like um with kids branding um, that's a really bad example yes. but it's that kind of extreme isn't it and yeah. so you just find yourself thinking oh I think I'll go to the one that's nice that's got the nice sort of grown-up palette yeah. and I presume you can still use reds and yellows but you have as you said the tones so you yeah. make sure they're the right shades that yeah or complement. just use them sparingly you know so if you do you know if your, your colors are like you know quite bold then maybe you kind of pair that with like a, a light a darker navy or mm. you know so navy has connotations of sort of trust because it's you know very much and that's why a lot of schools use a lot of navies and dark greens and maroons because it has elements of 
trust and heritage um, and so that has feelings you know and it's all about your gut feeling you know if you for example I don't know have any work done on your house um, and you have different builders come around you know you have that gut instinct of yeah. which one do you necessarily go with it's not necessarily always the cheapest if mm. you know it's always the person that maybe makes you feel at ease or you feel comfortable with um, and, and the trust. way they present themselves and they yeah. trust and so that you know comes across in so many different ways and so yeah that's kind of I suppose the key point that I would say to businesses is to make sure that you've got the foundations right to begin with that you know you're using the right fonts as well you know yes. often people might you know have something that's quite rounded and soft and actually that doesn't really work with perhaps the you know product or service that they're kind of you know selling and you know, yes. so and, and everything starts jarring together so Yes, and I was just recalling, and maybe it was the 90s, I can't remember, but there was a time when a lot of fonts were sort of cartoonish. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, oh, I hope they're not coming around again. (laughs) (laughs) Trends to watch. Yeah, yeah. I know. Okay, so that's really interesting. And I've all, I have to say, I'm particularly fascinated in what colours mean. Yeah. Because I'm... I'm assuming someone's done a survey somewhere and they're pretty standard. We think we're unique with our thoughts, but we're not at all. Yeah. And I, well, I think also it's kind of the tone of colour. So, you mm. know, it's not just because obviously green, a lot of people say, well, that's trusting and it's about earthiness. But, you know, if you have a green that's quite dark, mm. um, that, you know, feels much more grounded and kind of, I would say, you know, more kind of like a farm shop might have yeah. like those sort of colours, pairing it with like natural. dark browns. Yeah. So, yeah. And all those natural kind of hessian textures and things. Yeah. Um, whereas it, obviously you could have a green it's a lime green so it's still green zesty. but obviously it's, yes. it's the other kind of end yeah. of the t- the palette so um so yeah that yeah it's zesty and that gives you a bit more energy so that fe- yeah. again totally feels very different to the other end so fascinating yeah. oh gosh we could keep talking <laughs> about this for, for hours um but the other thing we want to talk about is loyalty because um i always think that sounds like a bit of a word from the past but I do believe there's still a place for it in business. And I think I know that my sort of first thought when someone says loyalty in business, I immediately think of loyalty cards and they were yeah. doing the rounds when they were sort of everyone suddenly brought out a loyalty card. Um, but I know that um, the implications are beyond, you know, more than that. It's about brand recognition and brand authority. And I think with that comes loyalty, yeah. but you have to earn it. Yeah. Um, have you got any tips on how we can sort of straight? I mean, there's no overnight fix, but sort of anything we can do to protect that loyalty or gain loyalty i suppose i suppose it's it's always you know the customer and clients always first you Mm -hmm. know so it's always going above and beyond maybe you know so for example if you are you know obviously I work with leisure industries so you know they very much have a a target market of families or you know certain age children and so you want them to keep on coming back you want them to book parties with them you know and things like that well how do you do that well you've got to make sure that every experience that they have is a good one if it isn't a good one obviously people are always going to criticize and have you know negative feedback but it's then how do you respond to that negative feedback you know if you obviously are defensive and just you know think that what they said was not right then that that doesn't necessarily leave them feeling very good Mm. so you've got to sort of almost kind of think okay well how would I feel if I was in that situation you know and I would I would want to think that they might fix it or at least address my problem and you know um, and, and you know and obviously offer whatever it might be and you know a free cup of coffee next time something that you know doesn't necessarily cost you a lot but actually makes the customer feel you know very valued makes them think you know well my custom here is valued I'm not you know the only the only person I'm not one of many you know that you know I matter when I kind of walk through the door and I think loyalty obviously we're talking about it across the board but I think particularly in the leisure industry isn't it because 
the last thing you want to be made to feel is like you're just a customer and actually if you don't come someone else will yeah because actually the best customer is the repeat customer plus the fact they're going to be talking positively about their experience about the the, the business yeah. and that's what yeah. mouth is the best form of yeah. referral and you've got to think now everyone's got a, you know a camera in their you know in their pocket right. and they're you know posting stuff on social media so you know they that, you know, if they've had a good time, often, you know, whether that be in a restaurant, you know, and someone's had amazing food, they'll take a picture of it and share it with their friends. Yes. Um, so, you know, the word of mouth and the power of the individual, you know, definitely on this day and age, you know, has, has kind of a real impact on kind of small businesses. It really does. And that works both ways, as you say, the positive, but also the negative. So that's why it's even more important to, to yeah. stay on top of your customers and your loyalty and so yeah. you get the positive response. And then again, on social media, you can share it and, and, and also when you're the customer and the the business that you've been to or um yeah venue shares one of your posts you get a little yeah like, oh that's nice you know and again it's all part of that package yeah. I suppose yeah it? exactly it feels nice you know whatever you know I mean when I get a you know a lovely message from a client you know when I send stuff over and they're so excited and they can't wait to, you know to see the ideas or what ideas I've sent you know it does make you feel warm and fuzzy inside it's lovely because there's you know you don't always know if you're going to hit it the right yeah. and get it right when you send over your creative ideas but when you do and you think oh yeah, yeah that's brilliant that's you so know nice. and they're so excited excited to get it so. and I think particularly because of what you do is so um you know there's so many emotions attached to it mm. it's not just oh yes that's a nice proposal or something it's really it really must sort of get at them inside yes. yeah that's yeah. lovely um and then we we're also going to talk about the demise of the high street um and I um discovered that prior to COVID-19 um 59% of Brits were shopping, I love this, in real life at least once a week with more than a quarter, um, so it's actually 27%, and more than a quarter of people buying items on the high street at least two to three times a week. Wow. Um, that is obviously, it's dropped phenomenally yeah. since then. So, I mean, we just probably went to the high streets without even realising, whereas now you consciously think, yeah. oh, I'm going to the shops. But with high streets changing so much and obviously so many shops closing down, do you see a future for the high street still? So, um, interestingly, obviously with like, you know, big companies like Debenhams and Topshop suddenly, you know, disappearing, there's like these big spaces suddenly, you know, in shopping malls and things. And actually what I've seen happen just through kind of obviously what I'm interested in in my network is that these are being taken over by sort of leisure service industries. You know, they're the ideal location. They're on the high street. Yeah. Um, got parking. They've got parking yeah. um, and they've got, you know, a huge, you know, floor space with which, you know, you're finding now that you've got a lot more, perhaps, you know, the bowlings and the and the golf, indoor golf. Um, and yes. you're seeing kind of themes like that sort of coming to the high street where it's much more about entertainment, um, and, you know, rather than actual retail shopping experience. I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? Because high street's so embedded in our psyche to that's mm. where you go to go to the post office or go to the bank or and yeah. to, to buy a clothes or something and of course we don't need to do that anymore but actually why shouldn't it get replaced people still want to go out meet friends and yeah. and and do things beyond eating in restaurants or drinking in a pub so actually nice that i know there's quite a few sort of indoor trampolining places opening yeah. up in high streets and i sort of think oh i wish they were around when i was younger yeah. but again it, i love that diversity even golf as you say yeah it's i mean i've even seen there's a darts place i think in central london you know so i think it's like digital darts or something mm. and you can you know have cocktails and have play darts and yes so people you know it's very much about kind of 
you know it's not just like the one going somewhere for dinner or for drinks yeah. you know it's it's about kind of crossover people want more you know they want more of a different experience and I think that's what we need to bear in mind as business owners whereby um, products are sort of coming off the high street but services are now coming onto the mm. high street but actually that does open the doors for us as business owners as well because they will be looking for branding or for marketing or yeah. you know all the other accountants they'll be needing all these things so actually there's still there's still hope yes yeah and also you know these places that do take over you know large like places like Debenhams means that there is more footfall again mm. you know but obviously then the market is slightly different so as a, if you have a retail space on the high street next to one of the you know these possible locations you then have to maybe adapt kind of what is it that you sell or what services you put on you know people people don't just want to wander into a shop they might want a shopping experience you know it's much more about the experience and and and, you know personal shoppers or you know yeah maybe that's also to do with the whole pandemic that suddenly it's personable and, and, and that sort of experience rather than sort of almost something money can't buy perhaps yeah um, and then I also discovered that actually, on average, the um, residential area is now what's making up the largest part of the high street. thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, and retail is then the second most, um, takes up the largest part of the high street. And then um, at 34%, the UK high street is um, made up of office space. Wow. So, yeah, yeah it's all changed, isn't yeah. it? Um, wonderful. Well, Alison, what would, um, if someone wants to get hold of you, what's the best way for them to find out more about your business? Um, well, yeah, I've got obviously got a website, so which is jwjdesign.co.uk. Um, I obviously am on social media as well, so I'm on Instagram. That's kind of mainly where I kind of I follow people and things. So um, that's um, jwjdesignuk. Um, so yeah, you can get you in touch with me that way. You mentioned you're on um, LinkedIn. Oh, and as well. yes, obviously on LinkedIn as well under Alison Joshi. So yeah, brilliant. No, thank you very much. Um, and before we wrap up for this week's show, thank you, Alison, for joining us today on River Radio. Let's talk business. I hope you've enjoyed your time with us today I think it's been absolutely fascinating and I know I could keep talking about colours for hours so perhaps you've all been saved that we're not doing that anymore Um, but um, so thank you I hope you've had a good experience it has it's been brilliant thank you very much Um, and thank you for sharing your business story and the journey today and we've had some great discussions and I hope that everyone listening has really sort of has got them thinking about not just the back to not just their logo but Mm. sort of what their colours represent where opportunities might be in the high street um, and some ideas around promotions for the um, for the summer. Yeah. So that's, I think that's some great things to take <laughs> away there. Um, and then Sophie was is um, back again next week. Um, but if there's a particular topic you'd like us to cover on Let's Talk Business, then why not drop me an email, uh, Fiona at river.radio. And if you've only just tuned in and you've missed our show, don't worry, you can um, listen again as a podcast through the usual channels. I'm very much looking forward to seeing you next week. In fact, Sophie will be seeing you next week. Um, and um, just keep in touch let us know what you think of the show thanks for listening today tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping out on the streets the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five What a way to make a living Barely getting by It's all taking and no giving They just use your mind And they never give you credit It's enough to drive you Crazy if you let it Nine to five
Step on the boss man's ladder, but you 